In California, uh, there's a get-out-of-jail card uh, that you can file. It's called a... Welcome back. This is The Secret, How to Fight Child Protective Services and Win. I'm Cynthia Becker, and I'm here with Attorney Vince Davis and Attorney Connie Regulie from Tennessee. Hey, Vince, uh, you had something you wanted to say? Oh, yeah, I got a, a message from my producer. Uh, he wanted me to explain something to the audience. In California, uh, there's a get-out-of-jail card uh, that you can file. It's called a 388 petition. Um, and there's a special form that they use. It's a JV, I think it's a 180, JV 180. But you can Google it, um, you know, just WIC 388. And the law and or the form will, you know, show in the results. So if you ever want to change a law, excuse me, change an order in your case, if you ever want to try to get more reunification services or try to get the child back, or try to get more visitation before the regularly scheduled six-month hearing, 388 is your uh, vehicle to do that. So I hope everyone understands that. Cal, thank you for asking me to explain that. Go ahead, Cynthia. Okay. Okay. Hey, Connie, are you ready to answer um, some more questions? Yes, ma'am. Okay, we're going to take another call, and it's Christina from California. Christina, do you have a question to ask? Um, yes, I have a, a question. I'm not sure if it would be a story because uh, my court case is still, it's still as fresh to me, to the courts. It may seem like it's been dragging on because of COVID, but to me, this just happened uh, right before COVID. So um, I don't know where I began, but uh, I'm still kind of in shock. Um, my kids ages eight, five, and three have been... Uh, removed from me um after uh, after an appointment i had made with a cps worker due to i thought was um i thought it was because my ex was arrested for domestic violence that occurred in front of my children and me um while we were in the car um this was the end of 2019 um my ex became violent and i was able to flee with my children at a gas station, called the cops in India, and he was charged. Um, he's the father of my youngest child, who's three. Um, he was charged with uh, domestic violence and assault and bodily harm. And then um, the CPS worker called me and said uh, she wanted me to meet with her. And I said, okay, well, um, um, I was trying to be compliant. I said, uh, it's just me and my kids. I have my car. I don't have my car seats with me. I've been trying to get some. Um, I get my benefits this weekend, and I'm going to get them replaced because they were in the car that my ex abused us in. And so she said, it's okay. Just meet with me. So I did. And after the interview, um, she followed me to my friend's house with the kids in her car from the county with the car seats to, to make sure they were safe. And I said, that's that's agreeable, I understand. And um, and then she made sure I had a safe place to stay, and I confirmed with my friend um, we could stay at her house until 
our homeless assistants uh, from the county went through on Monday because that Friday I had the CPS worker follow me to social services during our interview. I said I have to get housing assistance for me and my kids. Um, we were homeless going from shelter to program to program in between and staying at friends and families um, throughout my relationship with my ex and being homeless. Um, so I got approved for housing assistance or homeless assistance, but I didn't know at that time she put a block on it. She put the worker put a county block on the system, so I couldn't receive the homeless aid that day. And that's the only reason why we couldn't have a place to stay is because she was intending on remo- removing my children that night um, when she came back to my friend's house with the court order. I thought the interview went well. She said, thank you, I'll see you next week. And her and her partner waved to my kids and they said goodbye. And um, my kids were happy. They were fine. They were fed. They had clothes. Um, um, I mean, I might have been homeless, but I made sure that they had their baths. I made sure that we had the things that we needed, everything that you could think of, read them stories, play with them, take them Hey, places. Christina, I want, I want to jump in really fast. Um, just before we have to take another break, I want the attorneys to be able to answer their questions for you. Do you mind going ahead and asking? And then if they need more information from you, they can ask that? Yes, yes. So uh, my question is... Um, I have uh, I've been scheduled for court. This is our second um, postponement towards a court hearing for termination of parental rights. I missed the court date, and my question is, how do I stop them from adopting my kids permanently? Because I haven't had time at all without stability. I haven't had time during COVID to get housing, to get my kids sent back home. They said they could return home if I had a home. I don't have a home yet. And I'm, How long I'm has your case been open? Uh, September 2019 is when uh, they took them, but COVID started around February, and that's when everything went on halt for me. Like nothing has, everybody's not answering the phone. It just seems like a circle I'm going in. Okay, Christina, hey. let me ask Connie. Connie, if she were in Tennessee, what would you advise her? Well, you know, I think the COVID pandemic thing is a big issue, and I've had I had several cases where they like suddenly, I mean, they stopped all visitation. They basically stopped all cases. And I had to really get in and push by the 1st of October. If they didn't raise their head and start doing reunification, I mean, I just had to get things filed with the court. I know they're they're different from what you would call them there, but I would just file a motion for this or a motion for that to force it to happen. And you certainly, if you... Uh, and um, you haven't said anything about it, about having an attorney. I'm assuming you have some type of a court-appointed attorney if they're trying to terminate your parental rights. And you've got yeah. to get you've got to get COVID issues before the court because this is a national emergency. A lot of things, including housing, has been a big issue during COVID. And and um, you know, I don't know what the, the procedure that Vince might tell you to do, but you've got to get COVID in there and you've got to get before the court to get your reunification. Christina, so what yeah. you need what you need to do is you need to sit down with your attorney, Sam Harris. I can't afford one. They're against me. I'm I'm low income, I'm poor. This is a domestic violence case and oh, I'm wait, homeless. Christina, hold on a second. You have a court appointed attorney, right? She's against me. She told me they're not going to reinstate the reunification because I missed the court hearing because I was scared. Okay, so 
I want you to email your court-appointed attorney so there's a digital, you know, um, trail here. Tell your attorney exactly what Connie just mentioned. You want to file a 388 to get more reunification because of COVID. You have to get that issue before the court. Now, the court um, here may not give that any weight, may give it some weight, but at least you bring it up because you preserve that issue for an appeal if something eventually happens. So email to your attorney, 388, due to COVID and other maybe other circumstances, but okay. you get that on the record now, okay? Okay. Now, if you have problems and your attorney's not assisting you, maybe we can assist you. Maybe we can come in and help you as your new attorney. But I want okay. you to try with your court-appointed attorney first, okay? And if you ever have to call me, uh, 888-888-6582, 888-6582. Hey, Christina, I want to uh, thank you for calling in and sharing, and thank you for listening. Call us in about three weeks and give us an update, okay? Okay, thank you. All right. Connie, in Tennessee, you got, do you guys have any form that you use to, like, get back into court to try to get more reunification, uh, more placement, more visitation, you know, stuff like that? Or do you just have to make well, the motion? Yeah, we just pretty much um, operate here in juvenile court on a motions practice. So, you know, you can motion the court for anything. You can motion the court for independent drug testing. You can motion the court for unsupervised parenting time or to review the, you know, visitation schedule. So, we pretty much just operated as a motion practice, which is a handicap for people who do try to represent themselves because I understand and listening to the caller, there are issues with court-appointed attorneys. I mean, there are court-appointed attorneys that, you know, I don't know, they either get frustrated or, or they, you know, tire of their client. And I really wish that court-appointed attorneys who reach that point, that they would go to the court themselves and solicit the court and say, you know, I don't think I'm the best match for this uh, parent. You know, I am a member of the American Bar Association, has a parent representation section now under dependency mm -hmm. and neglect and termination of parental rights. They had a big uh, conference in 2019, and they do it every year. They had one in 17 and 19. They do it every other year, so they'll have another one this year. And you, you know, and, and it, it might be something that you want to look at and come. I know that they doubled in size from the first one to the second one. And part of this issue is really the, um, you know, kind of balancing the the court appointment venue, mm -hmm. which uh, in, in Tennessee, it's very limited as far as the amount of hours you can bill, the amount of money that you can be paid, et cetera. Right. So hey, Connie, of, I got to jump in. My, my engineer is giving me the... Yep. Stank eye. So we're going to take a break right now. This is The Secret, How to Fight Child Protective Services and When. We'll be back with more stories, more calls, and more questions. Mm -hmm. 